The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybook Weekly Mirror in Wonderland, the unofficial Once Upon a Time in Wonderland internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to revisit ABC's Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series as Easter Eggs and Ratings. Please welcome my wondrous co-host. First up, she wants to change the laws of magic to make the impossible possible. It's Priscilla. <laughs> Hello, everybody. And your problems bore her. It's Brittany. Wow, this is... Wow, that was accurate. Accurate as fuck. Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Make so, sure to comment, rate, and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be that kind of show tonight, listeners. <laughs> it will be. So let's jump into our recap of episode 1.02, which was titled Trust Me and originally aired on October 17th, 2013. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. In Wonderland, Alice concocts a plan to find Cyrus and uses his genie bottle as bait to find out who she's up against and who her real friends are. Meanwhile, the Red Queen and Jafar face off, and in flashback, viewers find out how Alice and Cyrus fell in love and how Cyrus ends up in Wonderland. Okay, so let's get everyone's initial reaction to their re-watching of episode two of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Uh, we'll start off with Priscilla. We get to see, like, if you didn't think Alice was as much of a badass episode one, like, come on, like, you gotta know season, like, episode two, like, she just she looks amazing, and, like, that part with the mock turtle was great, and we got to see more of Will being flawed, being, like, a total, like, dick, and we get to see that he doesn't have a heart at this at, at this point, because he, like, he, ins he insinuates as such to the, to the fairy. I don't remember, like, is she the blue-white fairy? I don't Silver know. Mist. Thank you. She's Silver Mist, so, like, we get more interaction about like this and we get to see kind of what the red queen wants like or and what jafar wants they want something that will break like the rules of magic and i don't know like this episode was just more we got more of everything that we wanted episode one and i liked it Brittany, your initial thoughts on episode two Oh, I thought it was a great continuation. I think the I have high hopes for the series actually after watching um not not the pilot but this episode because I was wondering, you know, what how are they going to do this journey? How are um how are Will and Alice going to work together? Like are they always going to butt heads or are they just going to butt heads for a little bit then figure out a way? But I really like their chemistry and their interactions as um um, I guess companions because they're I don't see them as best friends or even friends and but they are more than acquaintances So I would say companions on a journey. You don't and, imagine them braiding each other's hair late at night Well, maybe she maybe he did braid her hair because she has a new uh, hairdo and I like it a lot like I'm all for braids and all that different types of stuff that uh Vikings. Yeah, Vikings. you know shit out of Vikings. This oh, is yeah, Vikings 
<laughs> she I went to the Jafar it. School of Wigology. That's why I admired his curls from episode one. I mean, I admire people who take time to do their hair and stuff. But I think what what I love most about this episode is how we see, like, we see Alice just embrace what it's who she is when she's in Wonderland. I'm not saying that they're two different people when she's in Wonderland and when she's in the in the real world, but I think she knows who she has to be. When she's in Wonderland, because it isn't safe, and there are people that were probably looking for her, or want to hurt her, or want to stop her, and it's like riding a bicycle. She remembers all her training and everything that she was taught, and just her also, just her intelligence, which I don't even think she learned being in Wonderland. I think she just had that already, and it's like we see a new Alice, or more Alice from the pilot that we didn't we didn't get to have fleshed out until now. And it's really amazing, in my opinion. I think uh, one of the best parts is towards the end uh, that, that really surprised me, that twist. There, I mean, there's like two twists. Um, but the one where Alice, you know, does, is telling everybody where she's going just so she know who's going to just just so she'll know who betrays her. And I was like, damn, like I'm telling you, this is a rewatch of the series and I don't even remember this stuff. So when I was watching, I was like, damn, Alice, you are smart. And I love it. I love that we get Alice, that she's not this girl who just, you know, dreams of a different place, but that she's actually very, very smart, very intelligent. And yeah, she's looking for her, her lost love, but it's not, it's not all about that, that. That's not all she is. You know, there's more to her. And I absolutely adore that. I like it. I like it. I enjoyed the episode as well. I feel like this episode was slightly stronger than the pilot episode. I feel like it was more cohesive and the story kind of flowed a lot better. I think every pilot, and I think we can all agree, has to like cram so much information in the first episode because they got to explain every character, everyone's motivations, how everyone is connected, and of course introduce sort of like the main story arc that it just becomes a bit cumbersome and sometimes it can be a little clunky and sometimes, you know, there are points where it's very slow and some points where it's very fast. I feel like this episode just was the perfect balance of, of everything and uh, it was a very strong second episode and uh, it was just a, a joy to watch. I thought it was a really, really good episode, and I'm looking forward uh, to chatting about it with uh, the two of you. So before we do, here are a few reminders on how you can interact with the show via social media. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mirror. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. All right, so let's get into the episode, and we're going to start off in the past. Many, many years ago, in Agrabah, we are introduced to Agrabah on Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and uh, we see Jafar, and he visits a um, an abode in uh, Agrabah, and he notices that this home is filled with, you know, all these vegetables, not one, but two camels, and uh, it seems to be a well-off house for a man who uh, should not be making, or should not be living on, living as well-off as he should, and it, pardon? He makes damn good scarves. That's why. Exactly. It's got, you know, rose gold and all that kind of stuff embedded in it and sparkly. and But maybe not. It turns out that he has a genie. He has Cyrus. And uh, before Jafar can get his hands on the bottle, the uh, gentleman uses his final wish to send off uh, Cyrus, you know, as far away from Agrabah as possibly can. And, uh, yeah, and that's basically where the flashback ends, you know, as we have Jafar basically making this man pay for, uh, 
letting the genie escape. What did everyone think of our initial glimpse at Agrabah? felt so bad for the guy. Like, like I know it was Agrabah, and I was just like, fucking, like, it's beautiful. Like, we we bitched about the CGI and about backgrounds and stuff like that before, but this, this was nice looking. I thought so. Like, it, it really did make me feel like, like what Brittany said last episode. It was like, Arabian Nights. Like, <laughs> like, that sort of shit in the background. Like, it's just, it looked good. And... I, don't know, I felt bad for the guy. Like all he did, all his wishes were simple, small wishes. He just asked for like a camel, vegetables, like that. That's it. And like to to have himself be like basically killed by Jafar, and to send Sir, like Cyrus away. Like you, you kind of feel bad for everyone involved, and you you get more of a idea if you didn't already get it from the first episode that this guy is not a guy to be trifled with he's a bad person yeah i agree as well priscilla yeah i thought it was awesome that we got the chance to see agrabah i mean obviously with jafar there and with the introduction of like genie lore we had to have seen uh, Agrabah, or at least I feel like we all sort of assumed that we were going to see Agrabah at some point. It was nice that we got a chance to see it in the second episode. And uh, it, it was a great sort of introduction. It sort of like added on to the menace that Jafar already had in the pilot. Like he was already like an evil son of a bitch in the pilot. But like this sort of like added on top of it. Like, oh shit, like he does not play. Like you don't want to cross Jafar. Like he was already ready to kill the Red Queen in the pilot. So we knew that, you know, this poor man was not gonna have a happy fate, you know, once he crossed Jafar. So uh, and it was also interesting to see how Cyrus ended up in Wonderland because obviously with that wish you know being sending the bottle you know as far away from Agrabah as possible he ended up in Wonderland so I thought that was kind of neat as well that uh, that flashback sort of explained a little bit about Jafar explained a little more about Cyrus and it showed us how Cyrus landed in Wonderland what did you think of it Brittany well Episode one or the pilot gave me a, you know, Arabian nice thing. But when we got to Agrabah, I was just like, there's a party here in Agrabah. And the party, I was just thinking of Oh that my God, it's a, it's a massacre, <laughs> you mean? And I mean, hey, we did get a party because there was some bloodshed going on in that scene. I mean, this guy that died, I felt really bad only because, I mean, I don't know the story with this guy but i think he knows that jafar's bad news and i don't know if he was doing it to save himself or to save cyrus but either way he saved cyrus's life i don't think jafar's gonna kill cyrus but he just we know what jafar could do based on what we've seen so far with uh cyrus you know if he got a hold of that bottle so um that was actually quite sad but we had to see you know just how how ruthless this guy is you know he don't give a fuck. You have what he wants. You get in his way. He's going to kill you. So that was pretty tragic. Um, but yeah, we got to see where how Cyrus got there. And I like that they just right off the bat, they told us they're not wasting any time in this show. And I think I can appreciate that a lot. Was your body ready for it? Yeah, my body was ready. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's good to know. Party here in Agrabah, man. My body's ready. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> that's a nice party. <laughs> too much for my life all right so our heroes alice and uh, the knave well alice has has a wardrobe change because the clothes horse had marched on by uh we have um we have the knave uh will giving a fantastic like i hope when's the coffee horse stopping by i thought that was fantastic <laughs> and so we learn that alice needs to find uh, cyrus's bottle and the bottle is in the Mimsy Meadow under the towering tum-tum trees. Say that ten times fast. And the white rabbit, who was pretending to be asleep, actually overheard their conversation. And he ends up going to the Red Queen a little bit later and filling her in on all of the details. We have a scene where Cyrus wakes up in his cage because he is entrapped in a special... Uh, 
cage made out of silver that uh, I guess affects genies and, and whatnot. And uh, he wakes up, you know, saying Alice's name. And uh, I, I guess he might maybe sense that Alice is around. Who, who knows? And uh, we also see that there is an older gentleman in another cage that's near his cage. And uh, at the Red Queen's castle, we have her royal subjects bitching at her, you know. She's uh, bored to tears by their complaints, and then all of a sudden, they magically pause. And as she sort of looks around, she's like, Jafar! And so he shows up, and basically, he does his usual thing of, like, threatening her, and, like, you know... What you know, you need to like focus on our plan. Why are you playing queen and all this kind of stuff? And he ends up actually disintegrating all of the subjects. And he's like, Your schedule is clear, like, focus on the plan, stop trying to be queen. So let's pause right here and discuss everything that's been happening. Were we at all surprised that Alice was so like gung ho at like loudly stating where she was going? I remember seeing this and just being like, bitch, you just talked about how, like, in Wonderland, like, trust no one. Like, you just, uh, last episode, like, why? Did did going in the loony bin really affect you that much? Like, why why are you releasing all of this information to everyone out there? Like, but uh, later on in the episode, we see that, like, that, that that was a smart decision for, like, but... Furthermore, like, this was the episode, like, that was gifed around the world with the whole, like, can you, can I tell you guys something honest? Your problems bore me. Like, people gift the shit out of that. I, I saw it on Tumblr so many times afterwards. It's, just, it, it's a great line. And also, like, to see Jafar just come in and just shut everything down and say, I, I don't give a shit what your job is. Your job right now is to work for me. Get your ass on that. Like, again, like, Jafar is not a person to be crossed. Like, we get to see that the Red Queen is fabulous, but we all, but we get to see that Jafar is scary. Like, I, I, I hadn't seen that, that power in Rumple or in Regina at that point. Had we? Like, had we ever seen them disintegrate somebody? No. So, well, besides, like, Rumple turning someone into a roach and stepping on them. But like that that's some pretty strong, powerful magic right there. Like he's up there. Just as strong. Yeah. I think for me, I love the characters and I love the Red Queen and Jafar's interaction. But one thing that I had a problem with in the pilot and a little bit in this episode was that it felt for me like a little bit like a rehash of the Rumple Regina dynamic where Rumple is always like 20 steps ahead of Regina and is way more powerful than Regina and uh, is um, overpowering to Regina. And I, I didn't like that when I would see elements of that in Jafar and the Red Queen and not to get too ahead of, of, of ourselves because we haven't gotten there at the episode, but I do like how throughout the series, I'll say, as well, there was a bit of, like, a turn turn about in that, and she ended up getting the upper hand over Jafar many times. And I like that, because it seemed as if, at least in the mothership, like, Rumple always holds all the cards, and it initially seemed that way with Jafar. And I didn't like that. Like, I wanted uh, my queen to be powerful. And Rumple still holds the cards. Like, I... They just kind of like that trope because I, I don't know, like, but I, I appreciate that if if the queen is like um, another magical evil character, I would say she's like Regina when Zelina's in play because she's she's magically outclassed. Like she, she she does have magic. We saw it the first episode, but she doesn't seem to use it as well as everybody else. Everybody else just being him. But like still. Like, I see it as kind of a different dynamic just because she's not as strong as Regina is, so she has to, she has to play smarter. Yeah. Brittany, what are your thoughts? I, do you uh, agree with us? Are you joining us? Yeah, I do agree with you guys. I, I also want to point out that I don't think, uh, maybe, or maybe I missed it, I don't think the Red Queen has any powers. 
Does she? Or she does. Magic? She has magic. Like her wrist and like fucking. Oh yeah. Why? Why am I going? Okay. Okay. So yeah, she does. She's have gonna magic. toss you in the boiling sea. As long as Cyrus, I'm there with Cyrus, but it's he's not the wrong oh, sea. <laughs> I love a hot shower, so I would love the boiling sea. Yeah. So see, I, I, I do think that she's probably weaker, but um, I think you can also outplay your opponents. You know, so I, I feel like there's more to her than what we've been seeing. Aside from, well, yeah, um, Jafar just asserting his dominance and, you know, I'm the more clever one and I'm, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, you need to sit down, sir. You need to sit down. But I do like him. I, I love him. I think he's intimidating. I think he's scary. And um, we, so so then the Red Queen does have powers, but aside from seeing, uh, seeing her flick, you know, Cyrus off a cliff, we haven't seen her be as evil except saying you know oh i'm bored with you guys she's kind of like a mean girl in that sense and i want to see more of why or more of how she's intimidating and scary because i feel like we got more of more of regina earlier than this but i think at the end of the episode you know not to jump ahead we see we see her blossom a little bit more and i'm just like yeah that's what i want to see yeah but so far so good you know i'm here for jafar's different hairdos you know and his outfits, you know, his out <laughs> his outfits too are just as great, you know. They're they're um they're exaggerated and they just he's an evil sorcerer, and it's just it's great to see him embrace that. <laughs> I love how you're here for the hairdos. I am. I mean, have you the the queen her hairdo? You know, it's just an up. No, but one. I'm saying Jafar's hairdo. Oh, well, yeah, his hair. But like, if you look at the queen, she has just a bun. But if you look at the back of her hair it's like styled differently like the it looks like they made like um some kind of yeah they crisscrossed it and i'm just like how do you have the patience to do that like that is amazing but then again she has magic so she probably just does it but well that too it's interesting how many different red outfits she has yeah but you know what they're all fabulous and i'm just like you know i probably would never wear that i probably couldn't rock it but she she can and yeah it looks so great but um, seeing Jafar just kill all those people, I'm like, damn. Like, he's he's real. This guy's real, and I don't want to fuck with him. Hashtag and, you savage. Yeah, and a part of me doesn't want the queen, the red queen, to fuck with him either because I want to see more of her. And uh, I was like, so kind of listen to him, but also be smart, you know? So it's it's always dangerous when two, when two villains form an alliance because... One of them's gonna, you know, betray the other. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. But either Better way, watch I like... your back. Yeah, exactly. So our heroes make it to uh, a body of water, and one of my favorite things is, is that they have to call a fairy. And I think a lot of us, when you initially hear that, you think, oh, okay, there's probably like a little tugboat that like is gonna come on by and, and it's gonna ferry them to the other side but no they're clapping and they're calling an actual fairy her name is silver mist and uh she has history with will uh romantic history you know she had, he ended up abandoning her and broke her heart and all that kind of stuff but uh, she agrees that she's going to ferry them over the body of water to the other side of the land. Because remember, as Alice is saying, you know, in the loudest voice possible, Tum Tums, you know, Mimsy Meadow, we're going there, all right? So as they're, you know, they were like sort of, I guess, sprayed with pixie dust and they're flying over the body of water, Silver Mist decides to teach Will a lesson and she drops him into the water not knowing that he does not know how to swim, and even after she finds out, she's like, who cares? You know, he's going to die. Yeah, That's what he gets. Someone. Whatever. She's an asshole to me. Yes. But Alice decides to jump on down, and they find uh, sort of like this little island that they decide to get on. And they end up finding out that this island is actually a giant tortoise and uh alice threatens the tortoise you know he's like i'm gonna chop your head off if you don't take us to land and so the tortoise complies and they end up getting to the other side of the land elsewhere in wonderland we have as i mentioned uh, the white rabbit informs the queen as to where 
Will and Alice are going, that they're going to find the bottle and all that kind of stuff, and Jafar ends up returning and is all threatening once again to the Red Queen, but basically she's like, you need me, you know, do you know where she is, like, do you know where Alice is, and uh, she's like, I do, so leave me alone and let me do what I need to do. That was fucking awesome. It was. You, you will find that is a repeated thing with me. That when when I see the Red Queen, I'm always gonna say that is fucking awesome. I'm like Ava Stark with Rumple. Like I fucking love her. She can do no wrong. Yeah, she's really good. She's a very strong, strong character, and I love when she stands up to Jafar. Yeah, like, again, she's outclassed magically. Like she's at she he would kill her, but she has to always keep something to herself keep a card to herself i love how she always mentions too that she's playing a game and these are people's lives here but like it kind of makes sense with the fact that like she lives in this weird like chess piece sort of place and she is a chess piece she is the red queen like that it, it makes sense she's always calling out something like that and not this has nothing to do with the red queen but i love when they bring up fairies, both in, like, the Mothership and Once, and in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, like, they always look so magical and otherworldly. Like, I liked her. Like, l- even, like, lace-filled and pearls that she was. Like, she was, she was pretty. She was dainty. And I can't imagine anyone breaking her heart. Will, you're an asshole. Like, I how? know, right? She's beautiful. Elsewhere... The Queen and Jafar have uh, have another scene where basically he's like demanding to know, you know, what's going on. And so that's where she tells him that they're looking for the bottle. And so he wants to know where the bottle is. And he ends up freezing her. And uh, he's like, you know, you need to be quiet. You need to follow orders, you know, and, and all this. You need to be grateful that I'm letting you live and all this kind of stuff. And he reminds her, you know, we're not partners and, uh, you know, you need to basically tell me, you know, where this bottle is. And so he unfreezes her, and uh, she lets him know where the bottle is. Yeah, again, like, she's... It, it just goes... Uh, proves again, Jafar is not someone to be messed with. And, I don't know, every time they do a close-up on her, her eyes are all watery, and she looks all sad. Like, makes me feel for her. But this is what she gets, though, for be, for for playing along with somebody like Jafar. Although really, know, if right? you don't play along, you're dead. That's well, true. I, I think I think she just knows when to play. I think that's that's the thing here. It's like when he's threatening her, she's got a cower. But if she has a, a card up her sleeve, just, you know, just do it. And I think uh, I think she learns to do that. And I know I I don't like the scenes either where Jafar does you know talk down to her and. He asserts his dominance, and I'm just kind of like, slap him, do something, but I understand. Oh, that would be amazing. You know, and then the wig flies off. No, but <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, you know. Well, he I'm has not- more, because he's the owner yeah, of Jafar's school of wigology. He's, he's got different styles and everything. I, I want to see more, so, you know. But um, I do get a little sad about that, but in, in a way, I'm like, you know what? They're going to they're gonna give me more of her. Like, I know... I know she's got to she's got to be planning something because if there's one thing I've learned from watching Regina is that she always has some backup plan or something a plan B even a plan C so you know just just do what you got to do in front of him but behind his back you know do something uh, but we don't have time to spend with them yet we're we're you know we're following Will and Alice and um I uh, I do want to say I also enjoy the fairies. I think uh, they're so pretty and they're so adorable. But apparently the ones we meet keep being little bitches. Um, oh my gosh! But I uh, Silver Mist, you know, she's awesome at the at first, you know, glance, and you're like, oh, she's so pretty. And then Will fucks her over, and she's like, I'm okay with killing him for doing that. So fairies are don't fuck with fairies. You don't want to fuck with Jafar? Don't fuck with fairies, dude. You know they don't give a fuck. <laughs> they will straight up murder you. It's yeah, like... they'll murder you. I mean, she did that to teach him a lesson, and she's like, he can't swim. He's like, oh, I don't care. Not my problem. You know, <laughs> that that was like, damn girl, like you know, you it, savage. It, that that brutal, very brutal. So, yeah, uh, but no, I, but I like me some fairies. I, I'm I'm like 
I, I like fairies. I like anything mythical, mystical, magical. Rachel. Yeah, all that. I love all of that. So, you know, even if they are ruthless, give me more. Brittany, you're the fairy in my life. Ah, am I the dark fairy though? Yes, you savage. Yeah. All right, cool. I, I just—is it weird that when I watched this the first time around when it aired? I must have been really young or something to not get what Will did to her. And later when he's talking about, like, just, like, how you avoid love, you just roll out of bed, put your trousers on, and walk away. I'm just kind of like, oh, that's what he did to Silver Miss. That's why she's all pissy with him. Okay. Like, that took me a while <laughs> to get, like, years, apparently. But, Wow. That's what they call a hit and run. Right, Brittany? You know about those. Yeah, I do. Just call me Brittany. You're usually the one hitting and running. Wow. Yeah, true that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what? Taxi Cab Confessions with Brittany. Coming to poppychuloradio.com later this summer. Also, check out my cooking show. That we oh, my God. <laughs> my life is interesting. <laughs> I just can't. That's called a callback. I love it. <laughs> All right, so we get a quick shot of Cyrus, and basically he, he takes a sort of a piece of parchment from his vest and he begins to write a message on it. And that leads us to a series of flashbacks that, I, that let's try to bunch them all together. We see that Cyrus gives Alice three wishes, and he, he sort of explains the wishes and the rules of magic, which we've come to know on the mothership as well, and... Uh, they end up sort of departing and then spending a little bit of time together and uh, they get to know one another. Once again, just a reminder about the wish restrictions. You know, he can't kill anyone. He can't make anyone fall in love. He can't change the past and he can't bring anyone back from the dead. Those are the laws of magic. And uh, they sort of talk a little bit about his life as a genie after the wishes are done he's going to return back to the bottle and await his next master and um, you know she asks him about you know what about freedom for him and uh, he says that it's been tried before but uh, without uh, any positive results for either party and uh, he also states that the bigger the wish the bigger the consequences and, um, you know, they stroll around and uh, they start walking together arm in arm and all this kind of stuff. And in another flashback, they're drinking together and Cyrus keeps looking over his shoulder and he explains that he's a wanted man, that there's this man named Jafar who carries a staff with the head of a serpent who's looking for him and, uh, you know, that he needs to avoid, they need to avoid him at all cost. And um, they explore a little bit of the area and, um, you know, she she sort of says that she has nowhere else to go. And he's like, the whole world, you know, is, is there for us to enjoy and that he could show it to her. And uh, all she has to do is wish for it. But she has a couple more questions. And, uh, you know, and she's like, uh, you know, whatever she needs to know, she can know. And... Um, they end up getting into some sword play because uh, she had never been comfortable with the sword, and so he teaches her how to fight, basically. And uh, they ha there's this like this really neat uh, sort of like fight scene that they have, and uh, you know he's sort of explaining a little bit more about wishes and 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 that kind of thing, and how you know these masters come into his life, and once the wishes are gone, you know he has to move on, and so. He also shows her that uh, knows about origami, and uh, he creates this rose uh, in origami that magically blossoms, and uh, you know, and, and she's she's fascinated by like everything that Cyrus is showing her. What do we think of these like flashbacks? You know, the sword play, and then you know they end up actually kissing at one point. What do we think of the flashbacks with Cyrus and seeing their love blossom? It's so pretty. Like, goddamn, he's gorgeous. And these scenes are so, like, swordplay with a kiss. Her, him, like, creating a rose, and when they kiss, it turns red. Him like, making her rose blossom? 
like him saying like I can show you the world like what oh my god this is like Agamash I told you oh that was fantastic (laughs) I I love uh, your musical stylings Brittany musical stylings Brittany we should have a podcast musical but I agree with uh yes (laughs) I agree with uh Priscilla I mean we can um and most shows with when we talk about flashbacks, sometimes we're like, well, what's the purpose? Like, why are we here? And it's mostly to, to you know, figure out how we got to where we are in the present with all our characters. But I like that we're taking, we're also not only seeing where they were, but we're seeing how they fall in love. And that was one of the things I was talking about in the pilot that in like 12 minutes or 15 minutes of the pilot, we get a little bit of them just interacting and here we're seeing them fall in love and he says it to her you know he doesn't say you know i love you he says i'm falling in love with you and i think that's probably one of the most beautiful things i've ever heard because it's not that he's already in love with her it's that he's already falling and he knows it and i think that's kind of beautiful because sometimes we don't know when we're falling in love we just know we're already in love and i think it's kind of it takes a special kind of talent to know that you're falling in love with someone and uh, I, I just thought that was just gorgeous. And I'm like, I'm really loving their story. I don't care if it's cliche that he's teaching her how to fight. I don't think it's honestly to me, it doesn't even feel like it is. I feel like she genuinely wanted to learn and there's just chemistry and you can't fight that. And uh, they just like they enjoy each other's company. And it's just I enjoy the flashbacks for like the first time in like maybe two shows maybe three, I really enjoy watching them fall in love because I feel like I'm falling in love with both of them. Let's just have a triangle. The way that they employ the flashbacks is different as well, which I I like. It isn't as heavy-handed as the mothership, and they don't show them as often as they do the mothership. Like, for them on the mothership, like, between every commercial break, there's always a flashback Mm -hmm. for the most part. And throughout the episode, there weren't as many flashbacks, but they were effective. Yeah. Did we talk about like him like talking about falling in love to Alice? We can. Yes, please, because I, I I loved that that scene. That scene was my favorite scene out of all of this episode, actually. I agree. <laughs> it was it was just he. It, it does take a special talent to realize that you're falling for someone, and it's it's charming to me to see you act scared about it realizing that like love is a powerful thing and it's gonna be like heartbreaking even like on a on a higher scale than heartbreaking could be to realize that you're in love with this person but after three wishes you're never gonna see that person again that they're going to move on from you but that was what's so wonderful about Alice is that she she knows what it's like to have somebody move on from you in love and that promise afterwards that, like, I promise never to move on from you if you don't move on from me. That's sincerely, like, one of the prettiest lines I've ever heard in, like, a once thing. And I, we have, like, the dramatic romances of Captain Swan and Rumpel and Outlaw Queen to, like, compare to. And this this holds up. It's beautiful. Yep. I think uh, I think that deal too is pretty good because it's kind of saying you know maybe if if we did fall out of love or there there is a big reason we we're not supposed to be together then you know we'll mutually agree to let each other go and I'm like damn that that's that's hard but that's such a that just it's such a good way um, to keep them you know open minded about stuff but also how much. They genuinely care about each other's well-being and their feelings. It's not like, it's not all me. You know, I don't care if you don't love me. I'm never going to let you go. It's like, you know what? I'm going to respect you. And I think that's just, it's it's just amazing. Uh, I also think that Cyrus probably has never really had anyone to really talk to. I don't think he's ever, well, considering he's a genie and all, all they want from him is the three wishes. wishes. Yeah, Brittany, and, talk to him. I will. But also, I want the wishes. But, oh, my you know, God. But, I mean... <laughs> You're but, just like the rest. And I think it's really cool that, you know, with Alice going through a lot of sh- a lot of stuff that she went through as a child, you know, not being able to meet her mother, trying to please her father, you know, 
Um, but even with all that, she still doesn't, she doesn't have any desire to make a wish. She just wants to be with him. And I'm like, damn, like, look at me. I just said right now that I could be with Cyrus, but I still want the wishes because, you know, that's the selfish part of me. But it feels like Alice does not have a selfish bone in her body. And I think that is remarkable. Yeah, it was a very strong statement from her saying that she was not going to use her wishes because she obviously she doesn't want him to go back in the bottle like she wants to be with him. So she tells him that she's not going to use the wishes at all. And um, he's like, you know, you'll say that now, but, you know, everyone gets tempted by the wishes. But she's like, no, you know, I don't need wishes. I have everything. And they even decide to hide the bottle. And so they end up burying the bottle. And um, after our heroes sort of have that conversation that we sort of already went into with Silver Mist and uh, basically Will telling her, you know, I don't have a heart. I'm a horrible person. You know, sawed off, basically. Although he can't say sawed off on a network television show. But, yeah, he really can't, but he, you're right. He, that's he basically what he said. Piss off, wench. But he says bloody all the time. Like, bloody hell. And it's like, that, that's a curse word. What the fuck? It is, I guess, because bloody and hell aren't necessarily that bad here. You know what I'm saying? Um. Maybe that's why. And so they end up making it to where they've been saying, you know, the Mimsy Meadow, Towering Tum Tums, and all that kind of thing. And there is Jafar using blood scarabs to search for the bottle. And uh, Alice explains to the knave, you know, that is Jafar. I recognize him by his staff. And no, that wasn't a euphemism. And, uh,. He's confused, and he's like, but we're too late. And she's like, you know, the bottle wasn't here. And then he's like, what? And she's like, hello, I need to figure out, and you had to figure out who we're up against. And he was like, oh, okay, that's why you're telling everybody where we were going. And she's like, yeah, you know, if there's one thing you can count on in Wonderland is that you can't count on anyone. And so they actually head on off to where it really was uh and um you know there's like i forget what it was called it's like the sweet peach bush and like you know the towering tigers and the windmill and the dandelion but when they arrive the bottle is gone it's like not there it's like poof be gone and we end up finding out via flashback that the white rabbit had actually been sort of traipsing through that area. And he was like, oh, young love. And he had seen where they had buried the bottle. And, of course, he was the one that retrieved it and gave it to the Red Queen. Over in Jafar's um, lair, I guess is what we'll call it. The dungeons. The dungeons. The Red Queen appears, and she sees that Cyrus is there, and she's like, well, you have the genie, but I have the bottle. Mm. So you better, you know, keep me on the up and up and fill me in because we are equals, bitch. Z-snap. That was I know, she basically did. <laughs> that was cool. Oh my god. And this is what I think we were waiting for, right? Like, we were tired of that dominance, and she's like, bitch, I just went up to you. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. It's weird yeah. because I feel like we have a war, you know, between them and Alice and Will, but we also have a war between Jafar and the Red Queen, and I'm totally rooting for the Red Queen. Yes, the Red Queen goombad him. Yeah. Yeah, like, holy shit. Like, I didn't expect that, but... After him being like, you'll be quiet, you'll listen, like, that scene pissed me off so much. I'm like, I was completely with Brittany, like, you you need to slap a bitch right now. Like, you need to tell him to shut the fuck up. So, at the very, the very last bit of the episode where she's like, you know what? I'm the queen. I'm in charge. I'm like, fuck yes. Let's have more of these moments, please. But we, you know Wonderland and you know Jafar. He's not one to be trifled with. Bad shit is gonna happen because she because she did shit like this, and I've got my popcorn. I'm ready. All of our bodies are ready. Yes. So we have Alice, and basically she's with Will, and she's like at her lowest of lows because she's like, I have no idea what to do next because the one thing that I needed is gone, and um, all of a sudden, from out of the blue, 
flying through the air is a little origami bird. And Will's like, what the bloody hell is that? And she's like, proof. And this is what it reads. My dearest Alice, it took several lifetimes to meet you, but only seconds to love you. And it is a love that cannot be broken, not by a thousand spells or swords. So it is with my heart in your hands that I ask you to grant me one wish. Leave Wonderland. You are not safe here, and you cannot save me. The one thing worse than my own demise the only thing worse than my own demise would be yours. I beg you to go home, and I know that I am with you always, forever thine, forever mine, Cyrus. But she smiles at the letter, and she tells the knave that Cyrus is alive, and, uh, you know, she's like, we, we need this, this is my motivation, and so she writes over the paper, I'm coming for you before folding up the origami back into a bird and sending it back off to Cyrus. The fact that they referenced uh, the, the, the letter from Beethoven to his immortal beloved, ever thine, ever mine. I was at the very end. I was like, ever ours. Oh my God. I love, I, I love this. And this was just after like, we had Will who, who doesn't believe in love anymore, who doesn't have a heart telling like, Alice, that when you have love, like, that's as, like, great as that. Like, it never goes away and you never get over it. And it's true. Like, a piece of your heart will always belong to that person. Like, and I don't know. Like, to see Alice kind of perk up after being told no so many times. And to, ha to have that little, like, wink and a nod to him being like, hey... I thought that if you're in love with someone, you don't need proof. And she's like, you know what? You don't need proof, but it's nice to have it. Like, everything here is, like, their the relationship is so cute. I, oh, I love it. I have nothing else to add because I will cry. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's just, cry. it is, it is really beautiful we to watch We need proof it. that that can happen. Yeah, no, I think uh, when I first watched this, I, I don't think... I was in the place where I could analyze stuff or not that I couldn't, but I just didn't. I just watched to watch, you know, you were 12. Yeah, I was a lot younger and naive. <laughs> but now that I'm older and I'm really understanding, you know, what they're going through and what they're feeling, it's just it's that more uh, enticing for me. And I'm just like, wow, like, this is, it's so, it's so nice. And it doesn't feel fake. It doesn't feel like it just happened. It feels like it's, it's true love. Like it built up to it. And, um, it's just, it's really nice. It's really nice to see that, that she didn't give up on him. And he's telling her, you know, I, I'm glad you're, you're, you know, you're alive. You're, you're fine, but you need to get out because you're not safe here. And she's just like, LOL, no. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go save you, boo. And I'm, I, I love it. Cause I would have done the same thing. He's so sexy. Go save him. So. <laughs> you need your wishes. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that little poem, that little saying, it was just, it was so pretty. Very pretty. It make, it's making me swoon, which is funny because Will's more of my type. But damn it, if I'm not like swooning over those words, like, damn you, Jeannie. Damn you. <laughs> It's I agree with it's everybody. Will right now is a hit it and quit it type of guy. <laughs> I know. Which, you know, I'm all for it too sometimes, but damn it. It's like. You're the queen of hits and quits. Yeah. I'm like the red queen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she gets some too, but. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Just saying. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed the ending. I thought it was a strong episode as a whole. And I think the ending was beautifully done and uh, it was great seeing Alice go from like you know despair to like hope in like the span of a second it was it was really nice it was a great ending so let's get into everyone's favorite part of uh, this episode the MVP the most valuable player the character that impressed you the most and why and uh, we'll start off with Priscilla I'm sorry Brittany but I'm gonna take uh, Cyrus I'm gonna take <gasps> <gasps> for the night <laughs> i wish fuck yes but um no like his words made me swoon like they're beautiful words like that letter that 
fear in his heart like to love someone because it might be futile and like he he'll he'll never see them again that sword that that sword play scene where she's like i think i know what your weakness is and kisses him like it's just everything was so romantic and perfect and i don't know may, maybe he suffers from being too perfect in some people's eyes but like like he's just right for me i love him not only gorgeous, but with substance, too, on this scene. I will go next, so Brittany, you will be last. Oh, okay. And I pick the Red Queen. Oh! I know, oh! right? Because she went from having none of the cards. Jafar had all of the cards at the start of the episode. He was the threatening one. He was the one in power. He was... M- making her his subordinate he was like you know basically like you better do your job lady like you need to get shit done you need to focus you need to stop trying to pretend that you're a queen and you need to actually like focus on this plan and like get this shit done all right i got my eyes on you i got my hair did i got eyes under this nice hair in the back of my head like looking at you too so you better get your shit done and then all of a sudden without jafar even realizing it she stole half the deck and she is now on equal territory, equal ground. And she's like, I'm no fool, dearie. Well, she wouldn't say dearie. She's like, I'm no, I'm no fool, darling. Darling. I'm no fool, darling. You know, I have the bottle. You got the genie. Let's work shit out, buddy. And don't underestimate, un- don't underestimate me because you will fall on your ass. Loved it. Brittany, job, your MVP. Darling. Thank you. Muchas gracias. <laughs> Thank you, darling. No, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my MVP's got to go to Alice. Um, I guess uh, she was actually my first pick, so you guys didn't pick anybody that I was going to um, <gasps> pick. Yeah, I, I'm going with Alice, definitely. Um, I feel like we got more badass Alice in this episode. Like We were like, oh, man, she can fight. You know, she's determined she's courageous okay she has all of that but what else does she really have anything else in this episode totally showed us that she has uh the qualities of a leader as well as knowing her surroundings and how to how to take control of the situation not only that she can outwit even jafar like that's fucking awesome i don't think i think like for it being a female protagonist like that's awesome like i just i i I don't know. I feel like I don't see that enough in any in, in a lot of shows that I watch, you know, which is always a male protagonist um, main character. But we got here Alice who can fight with her, you know, hand to hand combat, also with a sword. But she can also um, find, you know, who's betraying her, which I love. Right. Because I was talking about that earlier, how how Will's like, you didn't even tell me where we were going, you know, and she fooled us, too. We thought she was just telling everybody everything. And we're like, girl. You know, keep it a secret, but she knew what she was doing the entire time, and I'm like, damn. You outstarted me, girl. I mean, I mean, I don't know if that's really a compliment, but you know, <laughs> I think, but she did it to Jafar, you Aww. know, and, and and it's really awesome, and probably even the Red Queen, if the Red Queen didn't have somebody working for her. So, um, and he didn't even get it from her either. He got it because he was there conveniently. So, Alice impressed me this episode, and not only that, she, uh, um, Aside from all those qualities, she also initiated the relationship with Cyrus. She kissed him first. And that pretty much, like, was the start of their relationship. So, I, uh, definitely Alice is my MVP. Yay. I I approve. Yay. Good job, darling. Oh, gosh. That's fantastic. (laughs) So, it's time to rate the episode. We have a 1 to 10 mushroom scale. And to remind the listeners... We can use the point system, so like 8.5, 7.5, that can happen. And if you feel an episode is truly exceptional, that it's more than 10, you may grant it a golden mushroom. So we're going to go in the same order as we went uh, with the MVP. So we'll start off with Priscilla. I'm going to give it a 9. We argued last time about like how the special effects weren't really used to create effect. And I felt they were used a lot better now. Like, and 
we got to see again like this amazing romance between Alice and and Cyrus and we got to see that the repartee between Jafar and the Red Queen like they just these two people like can can these couples are astoundingly different and yet they eat up scenery like nobody's business the only thing I'll, I'll like fault is that I want to see more of the knave I want to see more of Will I want to know more about him and I didn't get that in this episode so it's not perfect but it's still a great episode so nine Priscilla and I are on the same wavelength yeah! for two episodes in a row because I am giving it a nine as well. It's better than the pilot. It's still not perfect, but a vast, well, I don't want to even say vast improvement because it's going to make it sound like the pilot was horrible. The pilot wasn't bad. It, it just had its issues, and I feel like this episode corrected a lot of those issues. And uh, overall, I thought the story was was pretty strong. The usage of flashbacks was really good. The flashbacks didn't uh, overwhelm what was going on in uh, the present day. They really complemented and filled us in on... Uh, you know, what was going on back then to affect, you know, what's going on in the present. I thought it was a really strong episode. It wasn't perfect, but strong enough for nine mushrooms. Brittany, what do you rate this episode? I'm on the hype train with you guys. I definitely give it a nine as well. Um, I think this was a really, a really strong episode for season two. Um, episode two, that is. We don't have a season two. I mean, season two. I mean, episode two. My apologies, dun, 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 dun. My, my apologies, darling. But um, yeah, I just it, great episode. I don't think I. I mean, if I have to give it a criticism, I gotta be real picky about something, and I don't even want to right now. I think uh, I maybe the rabbit being there conveniently, I guess, is like a fault. But everything else, the flashbacks, you know, showed us a lot made sense and were really beautiful the ending was nice the red queen got some uh, card up her sleeve jafar's hair you know um maybe we need oh more god <laughs> i love how a positive is jafar's hair that's amazing <laughs> spectacular then uh, like uh, i guess another criticism like uh, priscilla was saying it was not enough will but still enough to make me curious to want more and i i always think that's a positive because she's asking, you know, who's Anastasia? And I want to know who the fuck Anastasia is, too. You know? So, I mean... Oh, oh, all in all, 9 out of 10, man. 9, nine shrooms. 9 out of 9. Jackpot. We yeah. all gave it a 9. Yeah. Spectacular. Alright, everyone. It's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some Easter eggs featured in this week's episode of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland and the Once Upon a Time television universe. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com slash storybookweeklymirror. We're going to start off with the ratings. Let's go back in time to October 2013. And episode two, Trust Me, was viewed by 4.53 million viewers in total. Now, as far as Easter eggs, little tidbits that all of you should have uh, checked out, the title card for this episode featured Silver Mist, and uh, we also saw the debut of Agrabah, which of course was seen in the 1992 Disney movie Aladdin. And uh, as far as Alice in Wonderland and uh, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland references, of course, you know, we know the Knave of Hearts. We have the Mock Turtle, of course, the White Rabbit. And uh, we also have, of course, some characters from the sequel through the Looking Glass, the Tweedles and the Red Queen. And of course, the Genie, the Sorcerer, uh, were characters from Aladdin. Now, the Queen's subjects. Someone said that uh, her Jub-Jub ate his dodo. The Jub-Jub bird is a dangerous creature mentioned in Through the Looking Glass, while the dodo is a character from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. I thought that was interesting. 
And those are all the Easter eggs for this episode. So join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror in Wonderland. Visit the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download this episode and many more. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. You can download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror in Wonderland and subscribe. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. You can also like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Help support Poppy Chulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychuloradio.com. Co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Don't trust those fairies, guys. Shady fairies. Good night. Good night, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific throughout the summer for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror in Wonderland. Good night, everyone.